Hi everyone, you are listening to You Be You and I'll Be Me, Jen Kesnick here, and today I'm sitting with my really good friend, Maura Coughlin Roberti. Maura's husband, Timmy, was tragically killed in September 11th, and 16 years later, I asked her if she wanted to sit down with me and reflect on life now and then and everything in between. Thanks for coming on, Maura. Thank you, Jen. It's great to be here. Absolutely. So, how'd you, how'd you and Timmy meet? Well, we met in a bar in uh, downtown New York at a bar called Suspenders in uh, 1991. Wow. And uh, we started dating in 1993 and got married in 1995. Yeah. And you had three children. We had three children between 1997 and 2001, yes. Um, And now, if you'd like to say their names and how old they are. Uh, My daughter Ryan is 20. My son Sean is 18. My son Riley is 16, and I have a 12-year-old son named Kevin. Right. With my new husband. Yes. Billy. Billy Roberti and uh, Kevin Roberti. Yes. So um, so that was a crazy time, and I don't know if other people in other parts of the country can really understand what, you, you know, how it is here in New York every single year when the, I mean, obviously it's for you, it's every day. But for other people, you know, every year that rolls around and it's just still so palpable of how emotional, um, you know, the day itself is. Right. Definitely, like you said, it's it's something that I still think about every day. And yeah. I think about my husband, Timmy, every single day. And when every anniversary rolls around, uh, it's it's pretty comforting to me, though. I, I, I do spend a fair amount of time watching TV and listening to all the names of the, of the people who died, thinking of... The other people I knew who died, uh, other very close friends of mine, so it gives me a time to focus on them. And I'm lucky enough that my husband Timmy is buried, so uh, we do go to the cemetery and visit him, and, yeah. and you know try to make the day as upbeat as we can, remembering all the great things about him. But but I do I do think that it's really nice that year after year people still remember in a national way like they do so I agree I agree it's really nice and you know that it, that was interesting to me that he was one of the first people you were one of the first people to have a service because he was found very quickly right I would say five to six days after September 11th a priest knocked on my door and told me that they had found Timmy and uh really at that time told us that we should be consider ourselves lucky right that we had him and so we were able to have a mass and a burial for him which a lot of my friends didn't have that with their husbands who were lost so I certainly felt you know lucky in that way because we do have a place where we can go and and visit him which yeah. is you know very comforting yeah yeah Mark's cousin Michael London who mm-hmm. also worked at Canner um was never found right. and you know, so that they had a beautiful, beautiful memorial service for him that, you know, for some strange reason, he had had a conversation with my brother-in-law, Paul, like a week before September 11th. And he was like, when I go, I want a jazz band playing when the saints go marching in, uh-huh. you know, all the way to the service. And so we did that. Right. And just that feeling of being so united after right. 9-11, right. we walked you know, a whole congregation of people walked across Park Avenue and down the street with, you know, an eight-piece jazz band leading the way. 
and you know cars were lined up for miles and miles and letting everybody go and nobody beeped wow you know like it was just mm-hmm. it, everyone was so united then right. and i feel like especially with the country as it is right now it's like let us not have another horrible tragedy to bring us back together to the way we felt about each other then right and i think that that's on days like today on days like yesterday sorry the anniversary that's when you still feel that sense of everyone being united yeah. and it is a great feeling and and you don't you hope that doesn't take another tragedy to make everybody feel like that all the time. Yeah, because um, that hashtag, never forget, you right. know, it's never forget the people that were lost, but never forget how we all felt about each other. Back then. Yes, after. You're, right. you're absolutely right. Um, but the years, like, right after, um, obviously everyone's, you're in shock mm-hmm. for a long time. I know yeah. your parents and your family were a huge support system for you. Yeah, it's funny. when I When I think back... To that day and the, and the days after, um, once I sort of got over the shock of, of me losing my husband, my whole focus really became my three children, who at the time were four, two, and six months, and sort of getting them through. It's, it's funny how your mind works, and I was already sort of thinking, I have to do everything to make sure my kids have a normal life, and, mm-hmm. and this... and this can't define who they are, really. I mean, it will be a part of them forever, but... I have to make sure that, that they pull through this. So that was sort of what woke me up from my sadness and and made me go on, really. If it yeah. wasn't for my kids, it, it could have been a whole different story. But soon after uh, September 11th, when my parents could get to New York, I lived in the city at the time. They did live with me for almost a year Yeah. Uh, in, the, in the apartment with me. And... Uh, that's so great. It was great. And I'll never be able to thank them enough. They have wonderful relationships with my kids and we're definitely there for that year to help raise them. And, and that's something I'm thank God. thankful for. Yeah, thank absolutely. God. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, that's, you know, what you would do for your kids. Uh, yeah, you right? would. So you that's would. what your mom and dad did for you and your brothers and your sisters-in-law. Yes, I had my two brothers lived in the city at the time and my sisters-in-law and... They, uh, they and did Timmy's a lot family, me. obviously. And Timmy's family. His, his two brothers lived in the city, and we all spent a, a great amount of time sort of mourning together and rebuilding. So it was, uh, it was, I was very lucky to have them all around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Timmy's friends, who were such a big part of his life. You know, I don't know who did the hiring at Cantor Fitzgerald, but whoever it was, like, you had to hire only larger than life, you know, great, huge characters. Right. Because so many people that were lost were these like just unbelievable people right with the charismatic larger than life like i said personalities yeah well i think that that howard lutnick knew that and and he he made it a point to hire people who had unbelievable personal relationships with people all over wall street yeah. and uh and that's why they were successful. And, and Timmy was very lucky. His He lost very good friends that day, but he left behind a a very strong group of friends who were were and continue to be there for me and the kids yeah. whenever I need them. So yeah. it's, it's, it's great. Do you think that it's um, like any easier that your children were so young? Yeah, I, I remember back then having conversations with, with other wives whose husbands had died and maybe their children were a little bit older and you sort of played both sides where you were like, well, your children are lucky because they had more time with, with yeah. their father. 
but for me personally, I think for the for the growth and the and the sort of I don't want to say the best for my kids, but I think it was sort of a blessing to them that they were so young because they really they really didn't know what they lost right. in a sense. Right. I mean, my daughter has a couple of memories, my son who was two, not many and obviously my 6-year-old none, but I was their memory of their father, so Yeah. Yeah, I think that for the most part they were able to grow up in a life that was normal, and I got married, you know, three or four years, three years after Timmy died, so they have had a father figure. Yeah, and Billy was a great friend of yours Yes, he was a great friend of mine, and he was one of Timmy's best friends. Nice. So he sort of understood what he was coming into. Yeah. And, and knew their dad well enough that he could share all of his, of his memories that he had with the kids. And so that's so fun. important to be able to talk about Timmy mm-hmm. to his children, you know, even though Billy's such a great dad. It's still like, you know, this is who you are. Right. So you got to be able to talk about it. Right. And I love that, you know, there's so many people with so many stories. You know, Mark and I were sitting around last night. And I'm sure he's told you this a million times, but his favorite Kagi story is, you know, he was at an Islander game at the Coliseum and he's online in the bathroom and Timmy's in, you know, he's in front of Timmy and a huge fight breaks out in the men's room and Timmy grabs. Mark, he was like 12 or 11, he like grabs Mark by the back of his jacket because he was like, my dad made me wear a blazer in the Islanders game. <laughs> grabs him by the scruff of his neck and puts him behind him, pulls him behind him and, um, you know, just doesn't move. And Mark's like, I'm sure he probably wanted to get into the middle of it, you know, like right. Woody's in there, all these guys. But he just stood there in front of him like, I gotcha. Aww. He was like, oh, thanks, Coggy. But there's so many stories. Right. There, there are a ton of stories. He was, he really didn't discriminate in who his friends were and what their ages were. What, yeah. Uh, he really was a, as someone said, he was a man who had 500 best friends. Exactly. And, um, you know, that's, and I saw it firsthand. So it was, it was a very special part of my life. Yeah. With him, that's for sure. I mean, I've, I've showed you that picture of Timmy and I from Julie's birthday party at that Italian restaurant. I'm like, is it weird if I put this in a frame? <laughs> Isn't that the rest of the party where he left to go check the basketball yeah. score? Yeah, he's like, who has yeah. a birthday party during March Madness? I know, yeah. He's, he never really held back on how we felt, that's for sure. <laughs> that's good, though. Yeah. But uh, getting to, to get back to the, the, you know, the, the kids in the house, I'm just thinking it's, and having Billy as my husband who knew Timmy so well, it's, in seeing the kids grow up where they're so much like him, yeah. it's nice that I have Billy by my side, too, who can appreciate how much they are like his father. And, right. And um, it, it just makes the day-to-day watching the kids grow, you just, your heart stops sometimes because they, they are so much like him. It's, yeah, and even though the pain is different for you, you know, it's still, I'm sure, is there when you reach milestones and, right. you oh, know, yeah. different things that's never gonna go away yeah I mean in the back of your head you know at every birthday and and every graduation communion etc I'm always thinking he should be here but Mm -hmm. you know clearly he should be here to see all of that but I also appreciate the fact that my my kids are going going through this they are so happy and Timmy's watching them absolutely I believe that I get through yeah I do too for sure and is it, did you do, did you go down to 
the memorial yesterday or no yesterday we went to the cemetery uh we did go down to the memorial three years ago yeah sometimes ago right yeah we go sometimes and then we took uh two of our kids to the museum last uh last year um now going in there every year i read names a, a bunch of years ago every couple yeah, of years that. i go but i do find me the most comfort at the cemetery yeah where he is mm-hmm. um now, I have been to the museum, and I thought at first, like, why would I want to go to this museum? I was here, you know, like, I don't know if I want to see that, but I thought it was great. Yeah, I think it's amazing. I yeah. think it's so well done and really captures the essence of everybody who who died that day, and, and uh, I think it's a great thing for our children to have, and um, so many people have reached out to me who have gone, and I think... Each time people go, they learn a little bit more about really what what happened that day and all the people who were lost. Yeah. So um, I was up in Boston right after the Boston Marathon bombing, mm-hmm. and they were like, you know, just so devastated that this happened in their city, and obviously there's movies made about it already right. where they, you know, shut the city down and found these guys, and and my friends up there were just like, you know, how did you feel about it? I'm like, let me tell you something. You just got a fraction, not to diminish right. the horrible tragedy there, but like a fraction of what we felt after 9-11. Like, it's just violating. Right, it is. And, you know, the resiliency that everybody showed, you know, in Boston, but especially in New York, um, just coming together. And, you know, because it's really like the the scariest thing you could imagine as a young mother or as a child or a parent to have your significant other, son, whatever, go to work and not come home. You know, Mm -hmm. like, okay, scariest thing possible that I could imagine just happened, and yet you still had to go to bed and get up the next day. Right. Yeah, I mean, like I've said to people, I can't remember what I did yesterday, but I remember September 11th you know, just about every single second of it. And that was it. That whole day was was sort of spent thinking maybe he's alive, maybe they got out, maybe, you know, the normal things, all the family sleeping together. And once the realization settled in that he wasn't coming home, it's, you do, you get petrified. And I think, I don't really think in some ways that ever goes away. I think you, you know, I... I'm the first to say I I was forever changed that day. The person I was changed. Um, it's before and after. It is a before and after. Yeah. And But like you said, you can either live scared or, or live. And, yeah. You know, I definitely have become more of a warrior. And as you let your children go to do certain things in their life, it's it's really hard. And, yeah. Uh, well, it's a little PTSD, you know, because mm-hmm. I think the initially not that very first year but then after that we went into you know our friends you know collectively went into let's just be distracted right let's distract each other let's have a party let's have another party right right. you know like it was just like wow I can't really wrap my head around that so I'm not going to right now right and I did that as well I mean I you know in the in the months after with my parents living with me there were always opportunities to go out to dinner with people who wanted to go and talk about Timmy, et cetera. And, and I did that a lot, yeah. whether it was to forget or to Just be around escape. other people. Yeah, or to just go talk about Timmy. I did it a lot. And um, it was 
very helpful to me. I, I still lived in Manhattan. I stayed there until 2004. So it wasn't necessarily the city that scared me. I guess it was it was what could happen, you know, because, sure. because something like that did happen on a regular Tuesday morning, I remember so. you and I, we were going on a girl's trip, and the plane was, like, <laughs> bumpy. And I was like, don't worry. <laughs> well, I'm Nothing still like bad. that on a plane. <laughs> uh, I'm heavily medicated on planes now. <laughs> But I am, I do feel a loss of control on planes still. So, I am. Uh, yeah. It's, I, I prefer if my children are with me because at least we all go together. Um, but, but I don't think, I mean, I think everybody thinks that. Yeah. You know, like every mom when their kids are little, like I don't, I don't really think anymore, but you know, when uh, the kids were little, I'm like, what are you gonna, like some people, like they used to split up, like, okay, you pick yeah, the two I, that I, you I, like and right, I'll take right, right. these three. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of couples do that. Billy and I have never done that. Yeah. Um, I certainly understand why some people do, but no, I, I, I didn't. I just go to sleep on the plane and hope for the best. <laughs> <I land. laughs> hope we get there. <laughs> but I have, you know, you do see how your children really do follow your lead in everything in life, which is, you know, they basically stared at me for two years sure. after Timmy died. and It's uh, just like when a kid is toddling around, they fall and they look at you like, should I cry? Right. Right, so so they did that, and I have raised extremely fearful flyers. Oh. Now. So it's uh, my daughter is also heavily medicated when she flies. So it's uh, you know they do, it, it, and it was important for me to be a role model to them because I was all they had. So yeah, was, absolutely. Uh, yeah, but uh, well, you did a good job because oh, they're thank good you. kids. Yeah, they're great. They they are. Uh, and then when did you and Billy get married? Billy and I got married in March of two thousand four. Okay. Um, so, you know, two and a half years after. And then uh, little Kevy Roberti came to the world. And then Kevin was born in May <laughs> of 2005. And in a way, it's, you know, Billy was such a, was such a, was such hope for us and brought us together as a family. And then when Kevin was born, he sort of completed it. You know, yeah. We had... We had a baby, and, and there was so much hope. Like, life and, is really moving yeah, on. And, we, and, we're really doing this. Right. And, you know, in a lot of ways, I always say, Kevin and Billy saved us. Yeah. Enough. So it's good. That's nice. Yeah. It's good. And, uh, you know, I saw Kevin's little Instagram for Timmy. Daddy Timmy. Oh, yeah, it's so cute. Awesome. Yeah, well, it's... <laughs> He you know, grew up with this he did, other person. Right. And you don't you, you don't really know how I mean, I still there are certain times in my kids' lives where I can see their father dying, their birth father dying affects them at different in different situations. But with Kevin, you know, he grew up and you just thought it would be normal. He grew up and with three older siblings who had a different father who yeah. died and, and you know, then we got married and had him and you see as he gets older at different points in his life it affects him and, and he he calls him Daddy Timmy. Mm-hmm. He loves to go to the cemetery. He loves the Coglins. Yeah. Um, he well, because you're a family, and yes. he doesn't want to be excluded right. from that. And they treat him like he's family, and, That's great. and he is. So it's it's amazing. It, it it is. But I have had conversations with people as well about the effect on being a a, a new new sibling in a September 11th family, and there there are you know it does. It does have some effects. Well, this is all uncharted territory, right. you know, mm-hmm. like how do we know until you go through it? Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, there's different, like you were saying before, like, um, we know a lot of women whose kids were older. Right. You know, like Chris and Jeff Levine. Right. They, they were just getting out of the, the, you know, the weeds. Right. And starting to like have their life together. 
um, with their kids older. And, you know, just, it's sad. It's, it, there's not a good scenario no, at all. No. You know, it's all, all of it's sad. I, I have found like with, with the, I was 34 when Timmy died. You know, a lot of the women who I knew who were older, like you said, in their, you know, late 40s, 50s, who had grown children, it hasn't been as easy for them to meet someone new and get remarried because yeah. that, you know. They I, weren't going to have another baby. They weren't. And, and, they were sort of really set in the life they had. I mean, I was blessed to be married to Timmy for almost six years and have three children. Um, but at one time went by, I was lucky enough to be open to love yeah. again. And, and I, I do. I, I feel for those women, you know, whether it's a choice or life, yeah, it's hard. It's, yeah. It's hard, yeah. I know it is. It's just all, like we said, unchartered. Mm-hmm. How are we supposed to... How are we supposed to know how to feel? No, I know. Until we feel it. And I think I do think about the, the women who had teenage kids. It's it was it was a completely different kind of fight that I had as far as getting your kids through because there you are with somebody with 14, 15 years of memories of of dad and then he's gone. It's just um I can't Yeah. I think that that would have been much tougher. Right. I definitely. I definitely do. I mean, even I remember the stress level of my kids Mm -hmm. losing, you know, Uncle Mikey, but also, you know, just seeing you and your family and other people's families, you know, they had extremely high levels of stress and anxiety uh, in those early years. You know, that's, I remember getting them a cell phone. Right. Um, because that was when they first came out and other moms were like, you're killing me giving your, you know, 11 year old a cell phone. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I know, but his face just like completely relaxed when he realized like I can get in touch with my mom or dad whenever I need to. Right. Well, I think for the kids, especially out here in in West Hampton, when we left in the summer of 2001, my kids had two parents and when we came back the next summer, they had one. And, And that was... I remember it, people, you know, staring and look, looking at my kids, not, be, but just like, wow, you yeah. know, you, you, you only have one parent now. And, and it was a lot for my children. It was extremely emotional for them when we came back out here. Yeah. And, um, but no, I totally understand how it, how it affected everybody yeah. and everybody's families. Yeah. It was, you just never know. That can happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like. Oh, no, nope, everything's fine, you know? It's like, yeah, crazy bad things can happen. Right. And I'm sorry that you have to know that. Yeah, I know. But that is is the world, and that's the truth, and we just have to each make our, do our part to make it better. Very true. Very true. Um, And are you involved in Tuesday's Children at all? I'm not involved in Tuesday's Children. When when it first started... um, Because I think, I feel like it's morphed, into something else but it, it, it has and okay. I, and they have reached out to me in the last year or so for for some input and I do plan on on becoming uh re-involved again but at the time when it first started it was it was more of an organization for for the children I don't want to say less fortunate as far as having family around but they took them to games and camps yeah. and, st- and a support system yeah more of a support system where I felt at the time I had a huge support system, yeah. so I, I felt like surrounding my children with family and close friends was what they needed. But um, now, yeah, I agree, it's turned into a, a different type of organization, and as a a mother, I think I would be apt to get more involved, yeah, yeah. sort of help them now, yeah. And you guys also have um, the Stonehill 
fund? What is that? We do. We have a, a, a golf outing every June, all this, although this year it's in September because we had bad weather last June, um, that the Coglins do with, with Stonehill College, where Timmy went to college in Massachusetts. Uh, we have a golf outing every single year at Plandom Country Club, and um, we've raised well over a million dollars that yeah. we, we then use to give scholarships to a football player and a girls lacrosse player. Um, to help them, you know, pay their tuition at school. And uh, it's extremely successful. Year after year, it's sold out. And it's a good way for us, uh, the Coglins, to get to get together with Timmy Stonehill friends and yeah. for them to meet his friends from here. And we, we have a one guest speaker every, every year. The guest so. speaker, I mean, kills you every time. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to... <laughs> the different perspective right, right. of all the old friends and family through his lifetime, yes. you know, gets some gets to speak and you're like, I thought I was all cried out for this guy. <laughs> it's true. Every year you're, you're brought to tears, that's for sure. But it's nice. We've had friends from Manhasset, friends from Stonehill, friends from the workplace, some of his best friends. And this year, actually, his, his cousin, who unfortunately passed away of cancer last November, oh. Mike Coglin, his brothers are going to speak um, oh, good. about their relationship with Timmy. So it's it's great. And, you know, your kids are getting to the point where they can start yeah, it's, if, they, if they want to, you know. We, I had spoken to my daughter, Ryan, about it last year, and uh, we decided that maybe when she's 21 or 20, it's just a little too emotional and raw. Sure, still, of yeah, course. So. But yes, eventually they will. Yeah. They, the boys have played in the golf. Um, oh, good. And I'm sure at some point they'll all speak. That's great. Yeah. Excellent. Um, and if anyone wanted to check out the fund for Stonehill, should they just go to the web, Stonehill website? You can go to stonehill.edu and click on the Cogs Classic, and, and uh, they always have a place to donate and a uh, place to check out the the golf tournament and, and everything like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, his memory lives on. Oh, thank you. It that does. is for sure. It certainly does. And uh, thanks for coming on for this uh, episode, So Close to 9-11. Thanks for having me. I appreciate Absolutely. It. Anytime. And uh, as Kagi would say, work hard, play hard, right? Absolutely. All right. Thanks, everyone. If you like what you hear and you want to subscribe, just go to iTunes and subscribe to UBU and I'll Be Me. And if you have time, rate and review. All right. Take care. Thanks. Peace.